computer. Got it. Welcome to Peaceful Power Conversations. I am super excited today, to, first of all, to meet someone that I have been a fan, yes, a fan of, <laughs> since I had to look back on my Instagram since 2021. That kind of puts me into my, honestly, my very first year of running. So even I've only been running a few years. So I found, I found Erica Sarah Designs um, way back when. And I think, and I, I know people think it's silly to say this, but I think when I saw her 26.2 one certain like design or piece of jewelry on a disc, I'm like, I'm going to run a marathon one day. <laughs> I'm going to run it, so, but, but I can't buy this until I run it, right? So anyway, I've been a fan for a long time. And um, not only uh, was I inspired by the running inspired jewelry, um, but also this really, well, there's a, a few things about the motherhood part of it that I found very inspiring. Number one, honestly, is that you don't really show your kids on social media, but we, we know uh, that you're, and you can take, I know, lurking. <laughs> I know it's hard to take it as like a compliment, but we know you're a present, like really present, phenomenal mom. Oh, thank you. Take it in. Um, while you're also this like creative, <laughs> like inspiring person <laughs> and a runner too. So that's my like little bitty introduction of how I found Erica, Erica Sarah, Erica Sarah Reese, Erica Sarah Designs. But I would love as I welcome you to the podcast um, to hear um, you introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, so I see runner, mom, designer, creative human, woman, strong woman. How do you, how would you introduce yourself in a, in an organic bio? Oh my gosh. There's so much <laughs> to digest there. First of all, thank you for having me. I too am a fan of yours. Um, I recently actually volunteered at my kids' school to read books and I brought your book, the yoga book for the kids to my daughter's kindergarten class and the kids ate it up to see, oh my gosh, 30 kindergartners spread out all over the classroom doing every pose and enjoying it. It was very cool. So thank, thank you for you. being you and everything <laughs> you represent. Um, it's funny. How do I see myself? Um surviving. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm, I actually, it's funny. I was telling you, I was trying to be like, okay, I'm going to be on a zoom camera this morning and I need to put on real clothing. Cause a lot of times I work from my bathroom as people who follow me on Instagram know. And, um, I was like, okay, let me put myself together. And I tried and I was like, okay, we're gonna have to just be a beautiful mess. <laughs> and I was like, wow, if I describe myself, it'd be a beautiful mess. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm beautiful. But like, I think we're all right now or in general, a beautiful mess. Um, so I guess I'm a mom um, and a wife first, definitely. Or no, I'm me first. Um, and that's evolved into a mom and a wife um, or wife and a mom. The wife came first, sort of. Um, <laughs> and uh, and a, a business owner, um, a jewelry designer, a creator, an artist, Someone who lately is struggling to redefine it all, you know, in heading into the late 40s when life is changing and my body is changing and my priorities are definitely changing. 
Um, and as my kids, my kids are, I almost said three and five. Oh my gosh, five. That's how old they were at the beginning of the pandemic. Five and eight, almost nine. So um, I guess almost six and almost nine. And uh, I had them later in my 30s. So I'm a later mom, I guess. Although these days that's very normal. So that's cool. And yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm surviving. That's where I am. I, I That's how I see myself. Um, I do what I can every day. I wake up and I take care of myself first. And then I take care of my family first. And then, I mean, next, and then I head into work and I take care of my customers and I connect with them. And then I go back to motherhood. Um, And it is a beautiful mess of juggling and dropping balls all the time and finally learning how to show myself grace throughout all the chaos. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, does that help? Does that tell you a little bit about me? I love it. And I didn't realize, so I love bathrobes too. Um, and much of my husband's probably not liking, I love my bathrooms. Um, and then I had both girls, so I'm, I'm similar. Um, I had them like later thirties and they are seven and nine. So like really, really close in that too. Um, and I love the, the juggling and the balls dropping because, um, you know, the whole, like it's not that balance is a myth, but balance is actually in motion all of the time. So if you think about like a tree pose or something, like when you're holding balance, you're you're still not still, mm-hmm. right? We're always like adjusting or your toes are gripping or they're releasing or shifting forward. And then we do fall, right? The balls yep. do drop, mm-hmm. but it's still like a motion to balance. So it doesn't not exist, but it's, it's moving. Yeah. Um, how in the world, so it's funny you say beautiful mess though, because, and I'm wearing, if I ever would figure out how to get the podcast on YouTube, it's, I don't know, <laughs> time soon, but I'm, I'm wearing your designs right now. They are anything but a mess. They are like quite elegant and pristine and just delicate, delicate and just so beautiful. How did you, was this like your first style? We could time travel back as much as you want in your mm-hmm. artist self like how did how did this and start your yeah. design or even before that your creative self yeah okay well it's sort it could be a long story or a short story I will try not to bo- bother um not bother you oh my gosh bore you um but I've always been into design but I've also always been into business um from a young age so my father owned a leather manufacturing business when I was younger and I would uh, after like nursery school, go to his, um, his big, uh, I wouldn't say it was a studio. It was a factory. And like, I would take naps on piles of leather and then I would wake up and like collect scraps of leather and make jewelry. And I would make, I mean, it was the eighties. Okay. Early eighties. I'm a seventies baby. So, uh, you know, I'd make earrings out of leather and feathers and pins and give them to people. And I just, I just always loved it. And I always wanted to be a fashion designer. Don't forget like back in the eighties, um, you know, you had the models in the fashion world was really big, you know, like all those super, the supermodels breaking out and you had all those, I don't even remember the designers anymore, but I used to know every single one of them. Anyway, so I loved fashion. I loved going to the mall and visiting the fabric store and I would buy fabric and take it home and make things. And when I wanted to go to, when I was ready to um, apply for colleges, I wanted to go to a fashion school in New York. And my dad said, absolutely not. 
Um, <laughs> cause that only gives you one pathway. So you're going to go to, um, a regular college and take business classes. And when you come out, you can then decide what you want to do. So that's what I did. I graduated with a business degree, came out and went into the fashion world. I was a, um, I was in the buying office at Barney's New York. I bought men's accessories and men's jewelry, things like that. It was an amazing experience. Um, it was funny. If you think about it, people will say like, oh, that must have, like I got to go to fashion shows and fashion week and things like that. And that to me wasn't the amazing experience. It was the people I got to work with. I will always give a shout, shout out to Gabby Penichotto, Um, my, I would call her my first real boss who just taught me so much. And she uh, always believed in me and really gave me the reins to write orders for companies like Prada and Gucci. And, you know, just like she just, you know, just threw me in there and, and let me, let me get my, my, my stuff done. Um, anyway. And then I was a, a corporate merchandise manager at coach handbags. So I helped the designers design the line, looked at the margins. I did it from both the design point and the math, you know, the combination of two. Um, and by then I was in my early thirties. I, um, I was going through a really rough time in my personal life and I actually hated my job, even though from the outside, it looked like I had the perfect career. I came home crying every day from the pressure of the corporate world from, I don't even know the pressure, just, it wasn't a, it wasn't a healthy environment. Um, it was very catty and women, you know, anyway, it just wasn't what I wanted to be a part of. Um, and so it's going to sound really weird, but um, I went back to school for nutrition. <laughs> I quit my job. I changed, I dropped my whole personal life. I applied to NYU nutrition school. I went to school and I was by that point living by myself again in a New York City one bedroom apartment. And I didn't really want to have a life other than going to school and just being by myself. And I started making jewelry again. Um, now my apartment was 72nd street, which is a few blocks away from the finish line of the New York city marathon, but also like almost every New York city or New York Roadrunners race, um, New York Roadrunners at the time, they didn't do as many races outside of Manhattan. For those of you who don't know, New York Roadrunners is the largest running organization in the country. They put on the New York City Marathon. They put on races every weekend, um, multiple races every weekend. And we're talking like big races, like each one of the races has thousands of people showing up to start line. It, it's pretty cool. Um, so like I said, I was going through, sorry, there's so much there. Um, I was going through this, this big transition in my life with my personal life, with my career. And I was a mess. I was crying on the bathroom floor every day. I was depressed. I didn't think I was going to make it um, out of this dark place. And I watched people running every weekend. And I said, I'm going to run. If I could if I can run a marathon one day, then I can survive anything. So I started running and I, my goal was to get into the New York city marathon. Um, and again, I was early thirties. I, a lot of my friends were having babies and they would get these charms with their baby's initials on them. And I didn't, I thought at that point in my life, I was, you know, I, I was raised in a traditional Jewish home. You know, you get married late twenties, you have babies by early thirties and, here I am, single, 30s, changing career, starting my whole life over. And I was like, well, my babies are my races. I'm like, and that's what I'm going to be proud of right now. And that's what I'm putting all my energy into. So I started making charms for my races. And I made, a, you know, a 5K charm and a 10K charm and then 26, whatever. I wasn't doing marathons yet. 
Um, I signed up for the Philadelphia half marathon and a friend of mine I met through training was doing it too. And she asked me, can you do a Philly marathon, you know, necklace? And I was like, sure. And I made her one. And then it just sort of, I got really involved in the running community and people started seeing the jewelry. Um, I think I mentioned I'd gone back to school for nutrition. So instead of going out and partying and, and having fun with all the students that were half my age, <laughs> I was sitting home making jewelry. And so people started asking me for it. They started seeing it. I taught myself how to code a website. I built my own website. I figured out how to register my business. I bought a Mac camera, macro lens camera and figure out how to use it. And I just, I created ericasara.com. And then um, back then, you know, Ali Feller, Allison Feller, who now is like very big in the running world, also in, in terms of, um, I call it sports casting, you know, but she's a, she's a personality in the running world and is at the finish line of a lot of races and interviews a lot of runners on her podcast. She and I became friends and she showed up at one of my trunk shows and she wrote about it and fitness magazine followed her and they saw it. And so fitness magazine reached out and said, Hey, want to do a piece for our, for our magazine? And I was like, heck yeah. Um, and then I did a piece for the magazine and we sold thousands and thousands of pieces. And then they're like, Oh, we have a race coming up. The fitness more half marathon. It's a big, at that point, it was the biggest women's only race in the country. Do you want to do the official jewelry for it? We'll give you a booth at the expo. And I was like, yeah. And so I did that. Um, it was amazing. They fitness magazine, they were so supportive and um, just amazing to work with. And Dina Castor, um, if you're a runner, you know who Dina Castor is. She was uh, at the race one year and she stopped by my booth and we gave her a necklace and um, and she wore it and people saw it and she would post about it. And that was so cool. And she actually happened to be with uh, Jane Monty, Jane and David Monty at the time. They were working with the New York Road Runners really closely they um, handled the elite runner. So like for every big race where you have elite runner show up, there's someone that's coordinating all that, right? Like where are they going to stay and make sure they're taken care of and make sure they have cars back and forth and where are they eating and, and everything. Um, so I met Jane Monty through Gina at that race. And Jane's like, this stuff is a fabulous. We have to, we have to, you know, work with you. And so all of a sudden I'm doing races for New York road runners for the elite runners or anyway. So it was really cool. Um, then one year I did do the jewelry for the marathon for the New York City Marathon for the Elite Runners. And unfortunately it stopped because Tiffany's had the contract at the time. And Tiffany's was like, wait a second, <laughs> we have the contract. She can't can do jewelry. So that died for a few years. But last year, Tiffany's um was no longer the jewelry contract for the New York City Marathon. And New York Roadrunners reached out and said, Do you want it? So I got it <laughs> after working them for a bit. And yeah, so that's where I'm like, it's such a, it's like a short story and a long story. I'm like, there's so much more that was in there that, you know, I have to sort of edit out because it would take me two hours to tell the story, but it just, it just sort of happened. I mean, through a lot of hard work, <laughs> a lot of hard work, but it happened. But it, so yeah, but it sounds out. like. Yeah, I'm I'm in a business mentorship class right now. And every time I get into this like um despair or like is this is this ever gonna happen? The message I got or I keep getting is like stay in the creative energy, just stay in that energy and not the, you know, is it gonna get out there? And it sounds like that's such that to me, listening to your story, it just sounds like that was such a a powerful part of it is that 
you just like needed to be in creative energy because of this dark space. You need, well, number one, that you got into like a physical creative energy, right? Moving your body, getting into running. And then um, the community that comes along with that, especially in New York. Um, And I lived there for a decade. So you totally brought me back and I'm like, 72nd West Side or, you know, East Side. side, 72nd West End. Um, So then like the energy of, first of all, the physical energy, then the community energy, and then the creative energy of just creating. When you stay in that and the, the busyness of the business part of it, there's not like space to think too much. <laughs> Actually, that was like our pre starting the podcast conversation. Like I said, this is kind of how I do it. And they're like, let's not put too much thought into it. You just mm-hmm. keep creating. And from there, you birthed this <laughs> like huge thing. Like it, you know, getting, I don't know, it's just this huge thing that exists as part of you, but truly out, you know, also outside of you now. So I love that story and all parts of it. Um, <laughs> I like it. Um, and so where did the family and business and did that, you also said in the beginning, like you first, um, you know, your role in your family and then the business. So how did that shift or where did that come into this? Because the contract you mentioned this year, you're, yeah. you're a mom, you're running, you're, 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 you're 12 years later. Yeah. (laughs) 12 year year overnight journey. Right. Um, Right. So, yeah. um, So I met Robert through running my husband. He at the time was the executive producer of runner's world. Um, And we met exactly 10 years ago. Our first date was 10 years ago, I think tomorrow. Um, And we met at actually a New York city marathon or not a New York city marathon, a New York roadrunner race, the fifth Avenue mile. He was covering it for runner's world. He actually was interested in a friend of mine who was a close friend at the time. I went to the race with her. I met him. um, And then him, he and I hit it off, but he didn't ask me out for a few months. He asked me out via Twitter. Um, At the time it was only 140 characters. So he asked me out via 140 characters. We still can't find that tweet. We wish we could find it. Um, but yeah, he was everything that I was not looking for. Um, he was too young, the the wrong religion. Um, I mean, just completely, completely opposite of anything I thought I wanted in a relationship, except I was like, well, I've got to get back in the game. I'm going to give him a chance. And we just hit it off. Um, he made me laugh. He got me thinking he was brilliant. And we just you know, we kept our relationship actually secret for a little bit, um, just because between our two worlds and social media. And it was funny. We people found out about us because after them, he was um he stayed at my place right before the Boston Marathon the year that there was the bombing, and then he went to cover it. And then I did a piece after the Boston Marathon where a hundred percent of proceeds or a hundred percent of sales went to um the foundation the one the one was called one fun boston i don't remember i have such a bad memory these days anyway and so near um runner's world was doing an article about businesses supporting the fund and they asked me to send in a sample of the pieces and they were writing an article about me and i'm like okay i'll send them in with robert and they're like wait what <laughs> and he showed up at work the next day with samples and they're like 
Oh, <laughs> got it. Okay. Um, but our first date was in March and the like last day of March. And we actually were dating that he lived in Pennsylvania at the time. I lived in New York. I moved by, by, I'm trying to think of the timeline. Anyway, we were, we bought a house, got married and got pregnant on purpose within less than a year. <laughs> um, our son was born in November of the following year. Um, and he was our rainbow baby. So we, we did it twice. <laughs> we got pregnant twice within, I mean, it was just crazy um, fast and goes to show you that when, you know, don't necessarily hold on to what you think you're looking for because uh, you really sometimes don't know what's right for you. Um, anyway, so we've been together 10 years. Um, it's funny when I started this business, I was like, I always knew that I wanted to start my own business because I wanted to be a hands-on mom and be available to my kids whenever they needed me. And it turns out that when you have your own business, a lot of times it's not the case. <laughs> um, it's actually really, really hard to juggle at all. Uh, when Runner's World got bought out, Rodale got bought out by Hearst, I think it was, um, we decided to move to North Carolina. And um, Robert has, he still does his, he has his own business as well now, um, but he takes on more of a role in ESD. So we really have a lot of our eggs in my business and he does my web development. He does my finance stuff. He is basically, my, now he's my partner in the business. So it's become like a, a big family business, but he also takes care of the kids more than I do. <laughs> um, a lot of the times because of the time commitment I have for my business. So um, we have like got the schedule worked out in the morning. I'm with the kids so he can start working right away at six o'clock, but then he picks them up from school and he's with them until five o'clock. And that's when I stop to make dinner. Um, so it's an interesting balance or not balance. I don't know, but yeah, kids came in uh, nine years ago, almost <laughs> sorry. Um, but it works. Our, our family is definitely our setup is not traditional, I guess, but I don't know that there is such thing as traditional anymore in terms of families and workloads and child rearing. So we are a full partnership in every part of our lives. Yeah, I love, and partnership was exactly like the word that came to me when I was listening to you. Um, so so it, you have an abundance of work yeah. <laughs> presently. What, yeah. what is your, what is your present focus? Um, are you, I do know, I know <laughs> that you just had a sample sale of like kind of clearing out space. What are you clearing out space for? What are you working on now? Oh, well, we were trying to clear out, we were, we were going to move into um, an out of home studio, um, but that fell through <laughs> and this space fell through. Um, and so right now we're going to stay in home and just get people to help me in here, um, which isn't ideal, but, um, something I really came to realize in the last year is I've been hustling long enough and I don't want to hustle anymore. Um, you know, during the pandemic, things were business-wise very good because people couldn't go to store. So everyone was ordering, 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 and business was huge. And then the marathon contract happened and then business was huge, you know? And there was a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like I can make this million dollar business. Like, let's do it. Let's go big. <laughs> and I started, you know, sitting down and be like, how do I do that? And then um, last year, my grandmother passed away in January. She was, she was old. She was, you know, in her nineties. And 
and I had been ill for a while. And then um, when we were sitting Shiva for her, we found out my, my dad had a heart problem and he ended up having quadruple bypass. And during that, they found a lump in his lungs and he had to have half a lung removed and he had lung cancer and he's fine now. Um, and then earlier this year, they said they thought the cancer was back and it wasn't, but there's just been so many things happening. Um, I haven't told anyone this yet. Um, and I'm fine now, but earlier this year, also, I was going through testing. There was a pos they, there was a thought that I could have narcolepsy or a brain tumor because I was having these major episodes of just forgetting blacking out. It turned out it was stress. I was going to ask. Yeah. My body was shutting down because I was so overworked. Um, I was, I, one day I, I made a whole bunch of orders and then I looked and it turned out I'd done all the same orders the day before. And I didn't remember a moment of doing the orders the day before. Um, so it just has really put things into some major perspective about what really is important. And that is making time for the people I love working less. And if it means that we don't make any more money than we've like that, you know, we don't grow the business at all and we keep it at plateau or even like let whatever. I'm fine with that at this point. I just, I just want to, I just want to wake up and be able to smile and not feel like I'm going to lose my mind every day. So um, we are about to sign a contract that I can't talk about yet, but it's a pretty big one. Um, but it just means I've got to get help instead of expecting to do everything on my own. And it means I have to stop comparing myself to businesses who do have a team of eight or 10 or 50 and realize that that's their business and my business is okay as it is. And if my Instagram pictures aren't perfect, that's okay. And if like, I just, I have to stop aiming for perfection and just be happy with where I am. And if customers meet me there, then that's cool. And if they're not interested in that business then they're not my customer, um, that's what I'm learning in life right now. And I guess I'm upset that it's taking me to 45 years old to learn it, but grateful that I'm only 45 years old when I'm learning it. Um, Cause you know, I've, I have a few friends right now that are going through some burnout symptoms and, and I'm, and one of them is like 10 years younger than me. And I'm like, can you just use me as a cautionary tale? Like, Oh, two weeks ago, I thought I had a brain tumor. Like that's how bad things were. You need to stop and chill out. And I think that we've, entered this whole society of hustle, 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 and perfection, especially the way things are on social media where people show up looking gorgeous and perfect. Like, I don't understand how these jewelry makers look, show up with perfect nails every time. <laughs> looking gorgeous. Like I am covered in dirt every day. I don't know what they're doing. I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I don't know, but that's not reality. And we are just, we've put so much pressure on ourselves in every part of our lives. And I'm just sort of done with that. So Anyway, sorry, I can go off into so many tangents. <laughs> no, brain. perfect. I think that's probably you're reminding me of why in 2021, I was first drawn to not only what you create, but you as a human, because I I posted about this recently. Like, first of all, I don't understand the filters because <laughs> I can't look at my face without my wrinkles because I'll be like, who is that face? Who like, that? it doesn't even feel like physically it makes me feel off mm -hmm. um but you're oh you've always been just again you said the bathrobes but just like so very real and real with this with the struggle of being an entrepreneur a business owner a creative and a present parent um and a partner 
and and putting you know your running in there as a as still (laughs) (laughs) but I I wanted to pause if you're open to sharing like I heard one of the things that happened from your recent health scare was a perspective shift and the um realization that getting help is it Mm -hmm. just has to happen um anything else that you kind of done in your day-to-day that has supported you in not (laughs) in in soothing that the burnout of like re like of nourishing and and kind of shifting the focus back to you I mean yeah I I stopped listening to a lot of advice (laughs) um I listen to a lot of podcasts and I love them but you have all these people you know, you have that like on in the in the especially the entrepreneur world in this little group of people that are like super successful and they made gazillions and the gazillions of dollars and they're gonna tell you how they did it. And it's like wake up at 4 a.m. and do this and do that. And and so I was doing all these things and and uh, no, now I, I don't wake up I during certain seasons I still wake up at five to start working, but I sleep in now till 6 30 when my kids come and wake me up. Um I stopped drinking alcohol completely. Um, I, 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 I started paying attention to my body better. I started taking care of myself better. Um, I wasn't sleeping through the night. So unfortunately when you hit mid forties or whatever, um, your body starts going haywire too. And that, that was part of it. Um, I went to doctors. Um, I asked them and I demanded my, I demanded that they hear me and figure out what was going on with me. Um, we did a hormone test. It turned out I was, had no progesterone. I had no testosterone depleted completely. Like, and I don't know if women are listening out there and you guys think that testosterone is a men's man, a male hormone, but you actually are supposed to have more testosterone in your body than estrogen. Um, and I just, I just started listening to my body. Um, I used to run tons and I love running so much, but I was going mid run. I would feel like I would have to lay down on the floor in the middle of the street and take a nap. Like I felt, or I'd come home from my runs and feel like crying instead of elated. And when that starts happening to you, it's your body telling you that you're using, like you're stretching yourself more than you need to be. So I cut down on running, um, significantly. Now I run maybe twice a week. Last week I got to my highest mileage week in months and it was 18 miles total. I mean, I used to run 30 miles a week, no problem. You know, um, I, I, I've started doing more slow walking. I I used to be very into yoga. I started doing more of it, um, meditating every day, um, stopping to take deep breaths, uh, going outside and getting sunshine on my face. It just stopping and actually taking care of myself again. Um, saying no to projects has been lovely um, or projects that I would have taken in the past. Cause I felt like I couldn't say no just, or, you know, but weren't, weren't really worth my time. Like saying, no, I'm sorry. Like this is, this is what I have to accept to make it worth my time. And if you walk away, I don't know, just standing up for myself more. Um, I think as women and, uh, I hate to do this whole thing as women, but it's so true. Like as women, like we just put ourselves last so much of the time, And I've started to learn how to put myself first because it it really, the whole oxygen mask thing is really true. Like you can't, you know, be there for the people you love if you're not surviving on your, if you're not surviving and if you're not thriving. Um, 
when the, this contract that again, I can't talk about yet, it's killing that I can't talk about came up and, and I told my kids at the table, I felt no joy, but I pretended to feel joy. And my eight-year-old son said to me, mom, does this mean you're going to be crying every night about how much work you have? And that, yeah. And that was like, no, like I can't do this anymore. And it really changed perspectives. And it's, and I've been really open with my kids about this whole journey. Um, there was a point where I was losing my shit very often. And I came to them and I said, listen, mommy isn't doing well. My brain is not functioning well and I'm taking care of it. But like, I've been very open and honest with my kids about the whole thing. Um, the mommy's not doing well. The mommy's health, you know, health isn't doing well, but we're taking care of it and, and how we're taking care of it. So in the last like two weeks alone, I just feel like a, a weight is lifted. Um, and I just feel lighter and I can wake up and smile. Um, and if I can't smile, I can at least take a step back and realize it and realize that I'm not, and then sit down and figure out how to, how to do that. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. So much. I hope everyone okay. took notes that whole time. The one thing that I teach um, and I've been teaching for years is that taking time gives you time. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy how long we can just run on fumes for and be like, I don't, I don't need to stop. I don't need to take a break. I don't know. And then it hits you in, in sometimes, I mean, it doesn't have to be a bottom for everyone, but sometimes it's a, it's a scream. If you don't listen to the whispers, it just screams at you, your health screams at you. So it's really beautiful to hear that you're taking time. Um, yeah. I started like walking too. I was like, what is yeah. this walking? <laughs> what are these? Feels good, right? Yeah. But it takes it a long good. time to get somewhere, but I know um... that's the hard part. <laughs> The you know, hard part is like, I took, it took me like an hour to do three miles instead of like 25 minutes, like, you know, but during that time, like you have to just think of what you're, you're getting, gaining from it, not losing. You're not totally. losing, you're gaining whatever it is you need to gain in your life. So, and just that slowing down for sure. But the yeah. one thing that, um, I actually am teaching in, in this next program of mine is about comparison. And it's so funny when we think about like, mindfulness and wellness and everything we're into these like breath work and the walks and things like that but truly like the mental um toxicity of comparisons we have like conquering comparison and then to hear you um say I stopped listening to all the advice mm -hmm. everything is so just very one size fits all or like this is the path or these are the steps but we're also very unique like someone's meditation is going to look different. Like some people love the the apps and the guided, right. And some people like it, well, and then you get, you know, we can go beyond that. You, you don't want to always go with it, like your preferences. Sometimes it's nice to be like very uncomfortable <laughs> and, and do the thing. Um, yeah. But the point is like listening to all the, you know, the advice from entrepreneurs and business people and mom, oh my gosh, the mom advice that oh. I, I've left every mom group. Oh, I don't. <laughs> every mom group. The thing is, who said that just because this person made gazillions of dollars or they're, they have a hundred, who says that they're right? Like, and who says they're like, so this one, oh, it gets me. Sarah Blakely, you know, the founder of Spanx. I posted about this the other day because it really, really irritated me. She wrote this post about, they don't, you know what I'm talking about? She wrote this post about, 
how success is lonely and how when she was building her business, she was isolated. And many times she, you know, was ate dinner alone for days and this and this and that. Well, listen, I've taken myself out to a restaurant and eat alone. I eat dinner alone all the time after my kids go to bed. Sometimes I have second and third dinner alone just for the peace and quiet. But when I read the comments on this post, I I cried for these women that were like, oh, good. Thank you for thank you for validating that what I'm feeling is okay. I'm a stay-at-home mom who's isolated with three kids a day, trying to start. And I want to be like, no, no, like the the Harvard did a study. Um, it's the longest study ever with you know what I'm talking about? The Harvard, I think it's called like the Harvard study. And it was an 85-year-old study that studied people that were just, I think they were just turning 18 through their life, the same cohort of people. And it followed them, it followed their children, their grandchildren. And the number one predictor of happiness in life was connection Connection and community. It wasn't money, it wasn't power, it was community. That was it. That is what people need. People need connection. That is a, that's, that's why a hug gives you oxytocin, right? That's why it, oxytocin, as, and as you get older, if you go through, when you go through, you're lucky enough to go through perimenopause, you find out as your hormones are depleting, how important oxytocin is as a role in your body. And that hugs give you that. Like it, you can tell me I'm getting, I'm getting feisty. Like the whole thing angered me so much that this woman was saying, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Now, listen, I spend hours by myself in my studio working. That's going to be part of my job. But when I need the, the human connection, I seek it out. Like I go to my husband and say, hey, babe, I need a hug like right now. Or I call a friend and say, let's have coffee this week. I know I have too much work to do it, but like, let's do it. Like women, people take care of yourselves and don't listen to these gurus online just because they made a gazillion dollars. This, that doesn't mean anything. Oh my gosh, it gets me so angry. <laughs> it's so angry. It gets me angry. I'm like, Urgh. I feel the same way. And then everything is like this get, get X, Y, Z quick. Mm. You know, like it took me 12 years to be where I am. And listen, I'm not rolling in the dough. I'm still working my butt off. And I'm, I'm very proud. Of, I, I, my joy, my success are, comes from like the pride in what I do. And the fact that like, I get emails from customers saying, thank you so much for this. You know, this is what this necklace meant to me, or this is what this meant to me. That's where it all comes from. The connection with the people. I don't think I could do my business if it wasn't about connecting with my customers. Um, and that's why I don't farm everything out because I still, I love getting the email saying this was the inspiration behind the necklace you made me and here's what it is. And you know, this is, I don't know. There's so much. I love when people put a place in order in the comments bill, they tell me their story. So I know like, what's the story behind this piece? Why, why am I making it for this person? It's going to sound a little hippy dippy or whatever, but, um, I went to school at university of Florida in Gainesville, and they have the largest Hare Krishna population in the country there. And the Hare Krishnas would provide a free lunch to the entire community on the campus every day. If you didn't have like money or not, you came and you lined up and you got this, you know, free vegan lunch every day. And they believe, if I remember correctly, that that your your soul, your karma, whatever, you pass things through food, right? Like, so if you're serving someone, um, food if you had a bad day that person's gonna get your bad day and if you had a good day that person and so like when I make stuff I try to I sort of like think of that I'm like hey I'm channeling my energy today like what well, you know like um and I'm connecting anyway so I'm going on and on and on I go on and on and a lot I spend a lot of time by myself have I told you that <laughs> <laughs> just, no it's so funny because th- what's 
what I feel about your pieces, well, the one that I was like trying to earn for so long, and I didn't even get the 26.2. I, I know, I was like, wait, what happened? I know, but it's so, the foot with the wing and the, it's what I, um at the end, when you feel like your foot is like a kettlebell, and one of my, um, I don't know, she's been my student, I don't, I can't even count how many years, at least 11, I don't know. Um, a yoga student, we, she was my student in New York, uh, when we owned our yoga studio and still virtually like every week (laughs) forever, but she does the, like the feel, like tell yourself you're light. Like you can, you can actually tell yourself. So the foot with the wings and like the lightness that you're trying to conjure, I'll get the 26.2 eventually. Um, but I felt like I had to earn, (laughs) like it felt so good to place my order because I'm like, I, it, it was so excited. And I'm not like so into races. Um, yeah. So I was like going to run 26.2 alone and my medal would be like your, your jewelry. <laughs> but then ah! everyone told me it would feel good to, you know, r- r- do the race thing. But um, yeah, a hundred percent the community, the connection, you can feel that in, in everything you do and even how you present yourself so authentically. And you can't, if if anyone just go to what is what is your website? Oh, I'm like um ericasarah.com. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Sarah without an H E R I C A. So just go and look, and you can't create the again the beauty that you do without heart behind it. It's just it's very evident in the pieces. And then I have a special piece of a little lotus. Oh. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to add something to this. I have to add something. What is it? What should she? Okay. I'm like a yoga, a yoga pose. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I got that. No, and it's, and it's perfect, but there's, there's clear connection and, ah, uh, I'm so grateful to just learn like more about not just like the story of Eric Sarah designs or like what got you started though. I love, this is the second um, interview in a row where the birth of running came from darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's, I guess it's a common story. <laughs> but, my joke about that. He's like, when I met you, I became a worse runner. He got really annoyed. <laughs> He's like, this is annoying. He's like, I'd rather lay in bed on a Sunday morning and read a book next to you than go out for a four hour run. Right. But, All right, babe. <laughs> yeah. And so, and and I love to hear the birth, you know, of of all of it, your relationship. That was such a cool part of the story too. Um, and your business. I am, so I hear that health and wellness and honoring yourself through this, I'm in the perimenopause too. Uh, um, and <laughs> honoring yourself is super important. What visions do you um, have? Or do you say real present? Do you have any, like as you're, kids get even older and kind of independent. And do you, do you see any shift in your business, your business goals? I don't, you know, I used to, I used to have these big goals. I don't know, because I, I just feel like I have these moments where I'm like, okay, like we should do wholesale now. And I, I actually am working with a new wholesale company out in Colorado. And then I have a meeting today with another one, like a, a retailer, but I I don't know. Like I just want to keep going and see where things lead me. Um, I do know that I would love to bring more people in to help me. 
so that I can have more time with my family. Um, and also like the woman, the woman that is going to start working with me today, she's a mom who um, is brilliant. And um, she now has, she, her two kids are now in school full time. And, you know, she just wants, she wants to be a part of something without having it take over her whole life. So like, I have this opportunity to like grow this little network of women who can do that. Right. And to provide, they want something for, of their own outside of their husband's work and outside of their kid, you know, work with their kids. Um, and I don't know. I mean, this contract I have coming up, it's going to be good. And hopefully, and, and that should, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm struggling with it. Um, it's why on Instagram, I, I haven't been posting a lot lately because I, I've just been really, there are days where I'm like feeling really inspired to share what's on my mind. And there are days where I'm like, I have no idea what's on my mind. So I don't even know what to share. And I'm not a person that plans my Instagram feed, you know, a month in advance and has it all planned out. It really is like written the day of, um, or on the spot. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just want to keep going. I just want to stay healthy. I, I just want to stay happy. I want my kids to feel like I'm available and I'm present for them. Um, I want to have hobbies again. I just, I want to have a life again. Um, and I do believe like, you know, when you start a business, you do, there is a period where you're hustling and you are giving up a lot of yourself, but that shouldn't, for any of you out there that's in that stage, like that doesn't, that shouldn't continue. That shouldn't be your whole life. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know how that's going to look. You know, I don't, I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know. The world is changing so quickly. So I just, I just want to keep being in it with my family and with the people I love and meeting people I love. And that's it. I love it. And I love it. I'm like, you know, keep going, keep flowing. And then Uh, I love this whole, like, um, this new contract. And I want to be like, you haven't heard it here first. <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh, I really wanted to sign it um, during the month of March, you know, women's women's month. I'm like, it's so, it's so exciting. But the person who's in charge of it is on vacation till the 29th. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, um, it's killing me. But it's cool. It's, it's, I'm proud of it. And um, it's a weird thing saying that I'm not someone that ever, I grew up in a house where uh, my family is very, very supportive, but it, everything was expected. Like my, my parents, like if I came home and I got a hundred percent on a, a test, they're like, well, of course you did. What do you mean? Like, there's no other option. So like when these big things happen, it's a lot for me to say, and they were proud. Like they told me they're, I mean, every day they're proud, but it's, it's when this kind of thing happens, I have a hard time acknowledging that it is a big deal because to me, I was always expected to just accomplish, you know, like, yep. and now you're allowing yourself to take in like, yeah, being proud of yourself, feeling like joy and being able to be present for it. I mean, that's, that's also huge too, because things don't just happen to us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they did, we're, we're on autopilot things just keep happening to you, but this is happening for you and for your family. And I love it. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have someone coming um, to help you work today. I know. I'm like, oh my God, my office is a mess. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed, but I'm like, 
I'm like, should I clean it? Nah, this is reality. Like, should, this is what she'll say. This is what she, she's getting into this chaos here. So be beautiful, unfiltered mess. Um, <laughs> and then everyone who's listening, I'll have every way to find Erica Sarah, um, the, the Instagram and all of it. And um, I'm just really grateful um, for your time. I'm really grateful to learn more. I, my big takeaway is that you just, again, keep creating and doing without not necessarily having to have this end goal, because what's the end goal? There's, there's no end until the end. Right. And I love that idea of like, I'm just going to keep going, keep putting it out there. Um, and, and I, and to hear the story of burnout, um, leading to, uh, a giant reframe. I love, I love when you said, um, something, uh, to the effect of like, I wish it didn't take me till I was 45 to realize this, but I'm glad I realized this at 45. I have in their seventies who I'm supporting in um, self-care and wellness and mindfulness and compassion. And it's the first time that they've paused. So it's yeah. also, and then your, your friend who's like at what a decade younger struggling with the same. So it's, it is, it's hearing you say that was really powerful and important and so many takeaways. I would love our listeners to share uh, your takeaway from this conversation. Um, Anything else before we say goodbye? I don't know. There was something that just popped in my head and then it popped out because I can't remember anything anymore. But no, I mean, this was cool. I'm like, we're going to hang out in real life one day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you live, it looks beautiful. You're in South Carolina, right? North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Love it here. Oh my gosh. It's gorgeous. But um, maybe I... I have a soft vision <laughs> of an of an RV year, a year in an RV. I'll just um, put it out there. <laughs> You've heard it, it out here. there, yeah. Here first. Everything I do is virtual anyway, and it would be cool to meet in person all the people that I've been connecting with all over the country, plus to give the kids that kind of experience as well. So I see, like I'm envisioning a, a documentary where you're like, now that you <laughs> interviewed all these people and you're going to drive and meet them in real life absolutely (laughs) or a a coffee table book or something back to to alaska too but um (laughs) but yeah that's no we will meet we will we will will. run and i will get my 26 point but there's so many other things it's so funny by the way everyone like if you're not a runner there's like cycling there's mommy mothering like (laughs) There's a lot of mom jewelry. Forget about yeah, that. There's some other things coming up. I have to promote the mom jewelry. So bad. At lots this. of mom jewelry. I know at, on your sample sure. sale, I'm like, should I get an L and a C? And <laughs> <laughs> so, so please. And again, um, yeah, just super grateful for you. Super grateful for everyone listening and wishing everyone peace, power, and presence. <laughs>